0: Hi, this is Gary Life Art and you are listening to podcast Body is a Temple in this episode.
1: You kind of know who you are and you know how you can get into these thought loops, right? You know, when you have the critical mind going or the judging mind or you start getting into I'm not enough and all of those things that people in general tend to loop into. And that's where they go down the rabbit hole and they get depressed or they get anxiety. All of that stopped. It was like my mind became quiet as if I'd been doing meditation mm. and it just stopped. And I could feel, diff- I, could, I was thinking differently and therefore I was feeling differently. And that's when I realized, which was really a powerful recognition that I had healed my depression.
0: Hi, it's Karina, and you're listening to Body is a Temple, podcast about how to live your dream life holistically healthy. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Karina. Thank you for choosing Body is a Temple podcast. I want to say at the beginning a few words about the show and me. I started it from my big passion for sharing what I've learned about personal development and health, which helped me to create the life of my dreams. I hope in each episode you can find at least one thing that can help you to improve your life and live your dream life. I currently choose my paradise in Mexico. My main business are marketing services for wellness. The podcast is my passion project and I do need your support and help. You can do it by choosing a subscription plan or by hiring me as a freelancer. I have top rated profile on Upwork. You can find the link in the show notes. Great reviews and a long portfolio. If you or maybe you know someone who are looking for a content creator, social media expert or marketing strategy. Here I am. Other than that, enjoy the show, leave the five star review, or tell me what uh, I can do to earn a five star review. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome to another Body as Temple podcast. My name is Karina. My guest today is today is Michelle. We are here in Puerto recording this live. I'm very excited about the topic of today's podcast. What's going to be a topic? If you can.
1: Well, basically, um, the medicinal um, properties of psilocybin and how it can help people that have some mental conditions, such as depression and anxiety.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I've been uh, procrastinating this um, topic for a long time, and I was kind of like avoiding and pushing it away, even though many of my mentors are talking about this also as well. And I'm also like kind of experimenting in my life with that, but... um, For me, like, uh, this kind of um, first, like, meeting with the psilocybin was when I wasn't really a conscious person and was more into, like, a party Mm -hmm. in conjunction with alcohol and any many other stuff so i was like kind of like didn't believe this medicinal (laughs) use of this it was more like escaping part uh, of my life Um, but recently i started to introduce it to my personal life like more and more and like Mm. also i I asked you recently a question about a sleeping enhancement and as i'm also like uh, now a bit like athlete lifestyle training every day so everything that helps me with sleeping and having more energy is very important for me. Mm. But let's start from the story of your life. <laughs> <laughs> You've been living in Bali for how long? 12 years? No, 19 years. 19 years. years. <laughs>
1: um, I moved there in 2002, and, and a few months after I moved there, there was the Bali bombing, which was a pretty shocking experience. Um, and um, a lot of my co-workers or colleagues left. I was working at the time and just teaching English Uh, as a foreign language in in an online language language school and um, I decided to stay which uh, completely changed the trajectory of my life it was a huge spiritual awakening for me and I went through um, many many years of training there
0: yeah yeah so can you bring maybe some milestone of the story and the spiritual Mm. awakening what happened there what was like the first thing that Mm. um yeah initiate the spark of this awakening
1: sure i'd love to share that with you so um i think it was around a few years after i can't remember but in the early 2000s that i became a reiki master and i was a i was a practicing buddhist at the time i was a zen buddhist uh, practitioner and i really wholeheartedly embraced you know the meditation practices and and so forth and then i became a reiki master and it was as if the experience i had was for the first time in my life i experienced the the no mind that they talk about in the heart sutra they talk about no ears no no nose no mouth no mind And I never understood what is no mind until I became a Reiki master. And in that moment, I literally had lost an identification of being a Buddhist, of being a mother, of being anything at all. And I sat there with this empty mind and this idea of like, I had no idea of who I was. And that was a huge, huge awakening for me. And it was shortly after that, that I began channeling and I started getting a lot of direct messages from my guides.
0: Hmm. So, uh, what else? Like, how do you like? What are you're like a best of Bali f- things? Like, I never been to Bali. Wanted to be there. So, like, what can you tell about this country? About this culture? About people who are coming there also searching for this uh, healing over there?
1: Yeah. So you 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 have to imagine when I moved there in two thousand and two, Bali was a very different place. That was a pre. The movie eat pray love and which blew everything up in bali and it became super commercial so when i moved there there was a purity to bali and going to you know to the temple ceremonies and also the fact that i was married to a balinese so i had an you know an insider's view that a lot of people didn't have so i was a part of that i was a part of the culture up to a certain point but then you know you're never really fully accepted into the balinese culture they're friendly but they also there's a distinction there but i think going to bali is about the cultural experiences of going to these beautiful temple ceremonies and watching what they call the upachadas the ceremonies and and how the women dressed in these lace tops called kabayas and sarongs and how they have this grace when they make the offerings which are called chanang and they put them on the ground for the spirits below and they put them high above on the shrines for the spirits above because in bali they honor below and above the dark and the light both are equal they don't have this point of view that the dark is bad because it is it is part of everything it is the yin and the yang right so um it is a really magical culture, and there's a lot of potential to have spiritual experiences there if you open up your mind and your heart. It's a really beautiful culture.
0: Yeah, thank you for bringing this up. Um, my, one of my, my uh, beloved uh, teachers is Ram Das and he's always saying, uh, suffering is grace, which for many people is hard to understand, but this is what you've been saying, the yin and the yang, that mm-hmm. uh, both are important and necessary for our uh, life. So you become a Reiki master. What other practices have you been uh, learning and teaching yeah. and offering and experiencing?
1: <laughs> so many things, uh, Karina. I, you know, I just it, I just went on this crazy journey of learning so many things. But the thing that stuck with me, I mean, I became a certified hypnotherapist. I also got training as a coach and two different coaching certifications, and you know, I studied lots of things. But the thing that I really dropped into that really felt so much like home for me was shamanism and I guess it was around 2007 or or 8 that I came across a woman named Ibu Ayu Chantik who I saw in a documentary in a film that was running in Ubud and there was something that said to me I have to meet this woman and somehow I don't even know how we found her Or it just, you know, she's not on Google Maps, by the way. She was in the middle of a rice field in an ashram. And it was the most incredible experience meeting her. And it was uh, shortly after that that she said she was guided by her guides to initiate me into the first level of priestesshood. And it was such an honor because, uh, you know, me being a foreigner, I I would never, you know, sort of assume that I had any right to do any of that because Mm -hmm. I feel I very much honor the culture and for me, the Balinese come before, before me in mm. those kind of initiations. But she was very clear. And, um, and so it was after that that I had another upgrade. And I really, my shamanism work started really taking off. It was really amazing so
0: how does initiation look like how what do you need to do to become a
1: shaman <laughs> <laughs> well she wasn't necessarily initiating me as a shaman but i guess it could be uh, looked at that she we had to get all these offerings and my because i was married to a balinese he had to be a part of the initiation he had to agree to what's called the purification ceremony And in uh, Indonesian, they say it's malukat. Malukat is uh, cleansing, purifying um, the body, the mind, and the soul. So there was a lot of pouring of coconut water on top of our heads and prayers and a lot of incense burning. And, you know, the Balinese, um, they have these beautiful mantras that they recite. And we went from one temple shrine to another temple shrine. And I think we did it in three different places and afterwards, we were told that because of this purification, we really shouldn't be eating red meat anymore uh, because it, the Hindus, as most people know, are, um, it is against their religion to eat, um, to eat cow. Cows are sacred. And so Balinese are Hindu.
0: Mm. Mm. I thought the majority of the island is Buddhist.
1: No, not Bali. Okay. The majority is Hindu. And the majority of Indonesia is Muslim. They're the largest Muslim country in the world. Yeah, yeah, that
0: I know. But I I thought there are some islands that have a very like a strong Buddhist influence. But like, yeah, good to know that then. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, you know that you say that. I mean, the, the Hinduism in Bali is not like the Hinduism in India. Mm. So there is a mix of some Buddhist elements and animism and Hinduism, and it's kind of all rolled to toge- rolled in together. So it's not your typical Hinduism, no.
0: Maybe that was this kind of like commercialized propaganda about Bali that people, because like, uh, Indonesia Muslim country and people know about that. But like, then i heard like from other people like, oh, but there's a Buddhist in Bali. Like, this is a different <laughs> island, you know, for like, make you feel more safe going there. I don't know. But anyhow, um, so, through your practice so where was the first time when you came across the psilocybin well what kind if you can also define what is it for the audience
1: well psilocybin is also known as magic mushrooms and um i you know of course when i was younger like you i had tried it but i never i actually have never done mushrooms in a party situation i've always done it and it's been Kind of naturally a sacred practice for me, which is weird, you know. Thinking how I, you know, going back to my twenties, I never wanted to party with it. I always wanted to connect in. Um, But in Bali, I had I have a good friend. Her name is Lindsay, and she had learned how to make this magic mushroom tea. And so one day she said, "Michelle, what about you, me, and, and another friend? We do a ceremony." And it was on a portal day. Portal days you know, happen throughout the year and it's usually lines up with specific dates. So it was on a portal day and I don't think she was so good at the measurements at the time because she's gotten a lot better since. But it was such a powerful opening experience. Like it kinda blew our minds. And it was then that I got the activation or download, whatever you want to call it, that you are ready to, to be serving this medicine. This is it's time to bring this out into the world and it was kind of like wow that feels like a big ask you know for me to have to do something like that but i i just kind of went with it i felt it and it felt true to me yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so uh, if you could maybe explain like semi-scientifically what are the psilocybins, and like what is the let's say um chemical effect on the brain like in theory before we're gonna go to your like uh, personal experience Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not, I will say I'm not the total expert in this. I'm still learning, Um, but I, my understanding of what I have learned up to this point is that um, it literally changes your neural networks. And, um, and so what happens is, you know, with people that that suffer from depression, and I've gone through that myself, is that the brain isn't firing in the right way. It's kind of gotten stuck in a loop. And, um, you're, you're, you're unable to, to kind of get out of that. And so the, the psilocybin, especially when you start off with a macro dose, which is three grams or, or larger, you literally start creating little new neural networks that reconfigure or rewire your brain so that it functions better. So it's, it's, it's really incredible when you think about it and, um, And so after that happens, for people with depression or anxiety, for example, um, it's really a good idea for them to then go on a protocol uh, of taking um, very small microdosing, which is anywhere from 100 milligrams to roughly 200 milligrams a dose, so that you can um, solidify those new neural pathways, and so you don't revert back to the way you were before. I can speak not as a doctor or a scientist, but from my own personal experience, that that's exactly what happened for me. I literally saw how my depression fell away within the first week of microdosing. And then I continued for three months. And literally, I could see my mind or I could feel or sense my mind changing. And what I mean by that is you kind of know who you are and you know how you can get into these thought loops right you know when you have the critical mind going or the judging mind or you start getting into I'm not enough Mm -hmm. and all of those things that people in general tend to loop into and that's where they go down the rabbit hole and they get depressed or they get anxiety all of that stopped it was like my mind became quiet as if i had been doing meditation Mm -hmm. and it just stopped and I could feel I could, I was thinking differently, and therefore I was feeling differently. And that's when I realized, which was really a powerful recognition, that I had healed my depression. Yeah.
0: Mm, beautiful, and congratulations. Mm, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> to you. hear that. Um, you, you said about the dosage. You said that it's good to like microdose after like having a ceremony with the, f- the full dose. Um, can you tell about like a different kinds of salsaybons, like different kinds of mushroom dinner also?
1: You know, there's so many different kinds um, and I'm still, um, I'm still discovering them. I mean, I know that there's uh, the, the kind that I was using in, in Merida, Mexico was called Pina envy, And that was a beautiful experience, as we say in, in Espanol, muy hermosa because there was some visuals that would come in and really this sense of connection with source or God creator. Uh, Many people experience very transcendental experiences um, using while on the medicine of penis envy. Um, There's all kinds of, I've heard of uh, the golden healers and there's many different varieties and, um, and they apparently have different Effects and I would like to investigate this further and find out more, but I don't know how many varieties there are There's so many there's Mm -hmm. so many
0: So uh, how do you work now with with the clients with the people? What are Mm you offering?
1: um, so what I basically do is I have been doing group ceremonies in Merida, but now I'm, I'm living in Puerto Escondido, and um, I'm hoping at some point I might be able to do that here. But currently, I'm doing more one-on-one work with people. And these are people that are uh, often struggling with depression or anxiety. They're, they're really having a hard time. And they're realizing that traditional medication isn't working for them. They want to make a big shift. So they book in to do a, one, uh, a one-on-one, and, and in that one-on-one, there's coaching, and there's some energy clearing that happens, and then there's ceremony, and it's really setting a really beautiful space where they feel held while they're on the medicine, and the journey with coaching and everything all together ends up being, you know, maybe a, a five to six-hour experience with me, so it's, it's really amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how... What's the, the time frame, for example, if someone wants to go through some, like, a therapy or the treatment? Um, is it, like, a month, a couple of weeks?
1: Mm. Well, if they're just coming through and they're doing uh, a one-off, one-on-one with me, then I uh, absolutely encourage them to continue working with me or another coach. Uh, this particular client that I did recently, she was already working with a coach, so she was going to continue working with that coach. Um, I prefer that if they do ceremony with me, it's it, of course it would make more sense if they could continue working with me. And then we set up uh, some kind of a program where maybe we will meet up for three months every other week in a coaching program together so that I can sort of guide them as things unfold. Because when you have, have an experience through, through doing this medicine, it doesn't end the next day, right? Just because you've done a ceremony, oh, well now we're done, it's all over. No, that integration process can keep going on for weeks or months for some people or even a year or more. So it is good to have that extra support afterwards and somebody there to really guide you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what is your experience between, let's say, dehydrated powders or... Um, tea or even fresh one. Uh, could you maybe tell a little bit about like how actually you can
1: you know consume, yeah. what are the different ways, there are also capsules, yeah. you know, there's of so way. many different ways. So, <coughs> as I said before, I, I started off with the tea method, my friend knew how to, I guess she has a good background in, in chemistry, knew how to, to create this tea that was really powerful. Um, uh, The other ways I've done it, which I've served it literally the whole mushroom, divided up into portions of 2 to 3 grams per person, and then they just chew it. I like that organic way. I like that idea of, like, you know, you're really connecting with the mushroom through chewing it, experiencing it, engaging your senses. Um, The third way is you can take the powder you can mix it with some applesauce you know like a tablespoon of applesauce and ingest it that way uh... for my my client recently i didn't want to do that i decided uh... to put it in a smoothie so i made it in a smoothie and she loved it it was great if people are not keen to take the taste you can do it that way or you can finally you can do it with capsules um, you would buy the powder form and fill up the capsules or they would already be filled up for you and you can buy the micro doses in, in capsule form.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you tell um, a bit more details about like this whole program and the coaching so people do the ceremony? How does the ceremony look like? Is there like a music and chanting mm. or dancing, wherever things? And then also like wh- where's the coaching? Is it just like a meetings to talk? Are there any specific exercises later after mm. to integrate that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So. Um, so what they do is they come to my home and we sit down together and I ask the the client the person what is your intention what is it you truly want to receive from this experience and I really want them to get clear on that um, then I do literally do some energetic clearing so because I am a shamanic practitioner I have skills and abilities to connect in with my guides and help clear any disruptive energies That are with that person so that way there's no interference doing, during the ceremony So I do a bit of clearing and then um, I actually call in the directions the four directions This is something that is part of my shamanic practice and is how I set up the space and it's also a way to protect the space and the people that are in it. So it's a very powerful ceremony where I'm drumming and I'm calling on the direction of the south and the archetype of the snake and the element of the fire. And then I go to the next direction, the direction of the west and the water and the jaguar and, and so forth and the north and the east and so the person is already getting into the field the energy field of the medicine and the whole experience is enhanced by calling in the directions Um, and then i i take them on a journey a shamanic journey to meet their power animal spirit who will then be their ally and protector during during the medicine work that they're going to do and this is a thing I just started adding in recently into the ceremonies and the people really love it. So by the time the medicine starts to activate, they feel like they're ready and they feel safe, they feel secure and they're ready to go on the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there is a lot of music, by the way. I have a special playlist that is very beautiful um, that is choreographed in a certain way to take them on a journey, yeah. And do they lay down usually move yes they They lay down usually Mm -hmm. they lay down and the whole idea is to close your eyes and go inward Um, but you know if somebody wants to get up and move you know that's totally okay Mm -hmm. and um, I don't uh, discourage them from doing that but usually people lay down for most of it Mm -hmm. and they go inward and sometimes they get up and they move around as well if they need to move any stuck energy they do that as well Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, then you said, like, preferably it's
0: good to have like at least like a three month of coaching with you to integrate this. Mm. So how 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 you coach people? Like how does integration look like right there? So we
1: would we would just we would meet um, every other week online um, for like an hour, so two hours a month, and it's a check in. Like where are you at, and how are you feeling since this medicine journey, and has anything new come up for you that you really want to. And there may be um, some homework to do to, to look further at possibly, you know, things get revealed to you when you're on these journeys like your old patterns that no longer serve you or your core wounds. And then uh, the coaching helps uh, to support them to address these core wounds and help to move past them and heal them and help them to get clarity about their next steps in their lives. So I think it's a really important part of the process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, and could you bring maybe some stories from your
0: experience with clients or other people um, about the healing effects? You said your story, your story, and your healing from the depression. What other um, stories you heard about? Well, you
1: know, I think, I think the the, the recent story. I mean, and I, I can you know not share the name of the client, but there is there is a client who did do. Uh, She was in a group ceremony with me, and she was really uh, in a place of stuckness, and she decided to go on and continue coaching with me, and I'm happy to say that she's made a huge shift. She's not stuck anymore. She knows exactly where she's going and what she wants to do next. Her anxiety levels have greatly decreased. She had a lot of fear going into the ceremony in her life about different areas of her life, and that has shifted greatly. Um, so it's greatly decreased. I'm not saying it's completely gone away, but it's greatly decreased. And she's just happier in general. She's much happier now. So I'm really, it's exciting. I feel like it's great to see the process and, and see the evolution of people who commit to doing this kind of work because it's hard. It's not always easy to confront our shadows and to confront the things in ourselves that we don't particularly like. And we know that, our, you know, habits or beliefs that are holding us back, but we just don't know how to shift it. And so that, going on this medicine journey, it's like a kickstart, but it's not the, you know, it's not the whole shebang. You still have to do the work as well uh, following the ceremony. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite personal self-care practices? Mm, My favorite self-care practices... I do a seven-step practice every morning where I connect with Source, Creator, I ground, I clear my energy, I gather my power, I center, I unify, and I protect myself. And that practice takes all of two minutes. I do that every day. And then I also do um, a lot of my own personal meditation. I, I like to follow different people. I listen to different meditations. Um, And then more recently, I've been doing work with the Emotion Code, where I'm clearing my own trapped emotions. And I recently cleared my heart wall, which is made up of trapped emotions. And so when you identify the trapped emotions, you clear them by swiping your hand from your forehead all the way down the back of your head to the nape of your neck. And you do that three times, and you clear the trapped emotions. And I've been doing that. And that's been really awesome. I really enjoy that.
0: Nice. Can you tell a little bit more about the seven uh, steps practice in two minutes? Because my morning routine is like two hours (laughs) and I don't Ah, have all of that. So ah, I'm like, I want to do it in two ah, minutes.
1: I would love to, you know, and I'm happy to um, send uh, you a link to to provide for your listeners. I have a video of the practice. and that's my gift. I, I normally only give it out to clients you know, who book in with me, but I'll, I'll share it with your audience. And basically, you think about what you want to connect with. Not everybody believes in God. It, it may be source, maybe the universe, but something beyond the physical body. You think about this creating with the universe, uh, connecting with the universe, and you repeat the word over and over again as you're thinking and you're standing up, you repeat the word connecting, connecting, connecting until the body sways forward because the body can be a human pendulum. And when the body sways Mm -hmm. forward, that indicates you've connected. Then you go to the next step, grounding, 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 again, waiting for the body to respond, sway forward, then clearing. When I do the clearing step, I imagine I'm clearing any hooks, darts, arrows, swords, thought forms, cords feeding tubes anything that i need to clear that doesn't serve me i'm clearing it all you could also imagine yourself under a waterfall and then you repeat the word clearing 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 until you sway forward and so each step you just repeat it until you get through all the seven steps and the last step there's a visualization where you visualize connecting with the central sun of the universe and bringing that light down through the crown chakra through the body And then imagining it coming out of your third eye, streaming out and wrapping it from above your head, three feet above, down your physical and etheric bodies, and all the way down, three feet below. And then wrapping it back up, double wrapping around the heart. And then you bring your hands out and you make a circle, a ring of fire all the way around to the back of you. And then you send that fire up and send it down until you imagine yourself in a cylinder of fire and you just say the word protecting, protecting, protecting. And this time you wait until you sway forward three times. Mm. So it's a beautiful practice. I love this practice. It's especially good for busy people like you, Karin. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I also like my two hours morning yes, <laughs> practice. That's great. That's why I'm so busy because I like, have less time for working later. But um, before I'm going to ask my last question, if you could advise to the listener one thing that they can start doing, small thing after um, listening to the podcast that can shift their life, their health, what would it be and why?
1: Well, that's a good question. Many people ask one one thing you can do to shift your life. This may sound kind of so basic, but wait 30 minutes before you turn on your cell phone in the morning. Go out and go out into the sun, bring the sun and you know, either lay in the sun or raise your face to the sun. Feel the energy of the sun coming down upon you and just really be in that moment, be present, allow all the thoughts to just fade away, be in your body, feel the connection of your feet on the earth and then begin to come into that place of gratitude, all the things in your life that you're truly grateful for and then when you start your day from that point you're going to have a totally different day
0: yes i love it thank Mm. you thank you for reminding this to the listeners i also say a lot many times about this not (laughs) this is one of the rules (laughs) for my clients as well like don't turn off your phone uh in the morning have it in a flight mode yes don't wake up and just grab for the phone like no exactly give yourself a time to start new day yes thank Absolute. you that okay so tell to the people where they can find you of course i'm going to put everything in the show notes uh wherever sure. your social media website and and offerings
1: you want to share sure well you can um you can find me um at spirit weaver gal for instagram and facebook is also at spirit weaver gal And my website is Spirit Weaver, W E A V E R, journeys with an S dot com. And um, I forgot my Podbean, but I think it's like M Chimpaka, C E M P A K A, something at Podbean or slash Mm -hmm. Podbean dot com, but it'll be in the show notes. Um, Yeah, you can find me in all of those uh, social accounts. And um, I am going to be offering some great retreats coming up this year and some other I do offer mentoring programs for people that are looking for professional healer mentoring to become a professional healer I've got a lot of experience so I'd love to support you in that as well so thank you for listening yeah thank you do you want to add any final thoughts Um, no I just think you know I, I guess well the only thought I'd like to add is just live your best life you know just don't don't worry about what other people think about you enjoy your life and uh take a risk don't be afraid to take a risk because that risk could create something really magical in your life so
0: thank you thank you michelle (laughs) and you guys who are listening to body is a temple podcast